Hi, welcome to Money Talk Extra on Radio 3. I'm Peter Lewis. Each week on the programme, we look at ways to manage your money more prudently, cope with lifestyle changes and become a better investor. This week, we're going to discuss how to get the most out of your financial advisor. Jimmy Lamb speaks to a listener who travels every day to the mainland to work. And in our investment segment, we'll take a look at cryptocurrencies. If you have any financial concerns you'd like advice on, then you can email moneytalk at rthk.hk. We're also on Facebook, Money Talk Extra, on RTHK Radio 3. A recent survey by the CFA Institute, a global association of finance professionals, found that just a third of Hong Kongers trust financial advisors. When it comes to receiving financial advice, people here in the territory are the most sceptical in Asia. Furthermore, only 7% of respondents believe that financial advisors always put their clients' interests first. So why is trust in the industry so poor? And what can we do to make sure we get good financial advice? I went to see Rick Atkinson, Managing Director at Private Capital. If I just speak for Hong Kong, uh, the whole industry is fragmented. The regulators are fragmented. There's five regulators in Hong Kong. Um, there's a game in town called Regulator Arbitrage, um, whereby people can duck and die between individual regulators to suit their own agendas. Uh, there is no concept in Hong Kong whatsoever of any fiduciary. Um, people just don't understand the concept of what a fiduciary advisor is, but that's what people should be looking for. And it's easy for me to sit here running a fiduciary advisory company and saying don't go to the banks, but the banks are the biggest proponents of what's going on in town. But the, the regulators here place a great deal of importance on transparency, on fee disclosure, but that doesn't, according to this survey, it doesn't seem to be getting through um, to the people who provide the advice. So what, what's going wrong? No, I don't think they do pay any, any heed to um, the, the transparency. They, they, they play at it, but what the regulators really want to avoid is another Lehman minibond scandal. That, that's, that's what they're really, that's all they care about. It's all reactionary rather than... Um, rather than, what's the other word? Being proactive. Being proactive. It's all reactionary to, to, to the next, uh, trying to avoid the next crisis, really. But in the survey, China, Singapore, both scored significantly higher than Hong Kong. So what are they doing there that's better than what financial advisors do here? I've absolutely no idea in China. I've no idea whatsoever. In Singapore, I've just come down there from a couple of, uh, a couple of days' trip. Um, there are... There is a greater emphasis down there on uh, ensuring that the clients receive transparent and clear advice. And there is a stronger concept down in Singapore of the fiduciary advisor. But again, the banks aren't providing any fiduciary advice. The banks are, in the main, product-driven, transaction-driven, as opposed to advice-driven. And you know the the secret to getting a good financial advisor in Hong Kong or anywhere in the globe really is somebody who works for your interests and not for the interests of the organization they're representing and how do you find an advisor to do that? What sort of things should people be doing to make sure that they do get an advisor that they can trust and is working in their interests? Uh, well, I think the first thing to do is to understand the concept of fiduciary and what that actually means. Um, it's slow. It means this is huge in the US. It's pretty huge, pretty uh, large, uh, comprehensive in the UK. Um, it, it, it is it is in Singapore and it is to a small degree in Hong Kong. I, you just have to ask the right questions. And the concept of fiduciary is very simple. We're a fiduciary advice firm and we have to put the client's interests first before our own. And it's pretty easy to demonstrate 
it is very easy to demonstrate. The banks certainly can't demonstrate it because it's about what the latest product that they're mm. selling, pushing. Um, there's no real concept of doing what's right by the client. So I'm looking for a financial advisor. Then what sort of questions should I ask to make sure that this is the right financial advisor for me? Well, every single dollar and cent should be transparently shown in written documentation form uh, our documentation runs to something like 30 pages um, but that's very that's very very comprehensive but you're looking for people who are fee-based and are willing to explain every single dollar and cent that's being charged mm -hmm. to your account in whatever shape or form that might be there should be no hidden costs there should be no hidden uh, kickbacks or retrocessions or any of that stuff mm -hmm. the only fee that you should pay as a client is the, the check that you write out to the financial advisor. And that was something that came out in the survey, that there was a lack of transparency about fees. So you think that really is the number one thing. If, if advisors were more transparent about their fees, how they are paid, and we ask the right questions, that would help. Yeah, definitely, because if you... There's this, still this concept about free advice and people aren't ready to pay for advice people are paying for advice they just don't know what they're paying mm. and that's the one fundamentally it's, it's wrong and, and the material sometimes another criticism is that the fee disclosure materials are just too overwhelming there's too much of it so that uh, investors get confused should they should advisors be trying to make this more user-friendly more digestible well I, I that's a great point um I, I guess many many of us have booked flights on things like easyjet and, and bought an app on a phone and there's a whole rape of, rake of uh, disclosures and terms and conditions. Nobody reads them. Nobody reads them. So, and sadly, I think it's only going to get worse in terms of there's, there's going to be more emphasis on, on writing all these disclosures down. But we cut through all that. We don't do all that. It's a, it's a dollar and cent uh, disclosure that people need to, need to see and need to understand. People spend a long, long time going around cars, look, car shops, looking for a, the car, and um, the car is on the scrap heap in ten years' time. But they're we're quite willing to entrust their life savings to people on the whim of, uh, oh, he's got a nice smile and they're in a big ivory tower. It's, it's crazy the way people judge how to find a financial advisor. So should we then be asking our financial advisor, how are you paid, which funds, if any, are you paid for recommending? Should we ask that question? Totally. And, and in the UK, to a large extent, um, that is now under the, what's known as RDR, the Retail Distribution Review. And that's four or five years ago now. You, you can't take hidden fees and hidden mm -hmm. commissions, so it's, it's getting better. But there's still... A big question to my mind over the cost of these funds anyway because in the main there are a lot of closet trackers they don't um, generally don't beat a benchmark an appropriate benchmark so you might as well just be buying the benchmark in a low-cost way in Hong Kong we still don't have platforms like in the UK you can get a, a platform in the US for $50 in the UK about a hundred pounds a year mm. um, they are really really low cost and very very transparent we're miles away from having them in Hong Kong. There's so mm. much resistance, and the people that are resisting them are the banks, and the regulators should be doing something about this. So should we avoid altogether investment advisors who are being paid to sell particular products, or is it more a question of it's okay, we just need to know 
how it is paid and what, and what we're paying for these, for these products. No, it's not OK, but the regulators are not in the position of deciding on, on commercial agreements. Um, I, I, I use analogy, if you go down to the Mercedes showroom down in Wancho, you're going to get a Mercedes. Now, you might need a Mini Cooper, you might need a Land Rover, but if you go to a Mercedes garage, you're going to get a Mercedes. So if you go to a bank and their monthly uh, offer is XYZ, that's what you're going to get, whether it's good, bad or indifferent or mm. the right product for you. You heard there from Rick Atkinson, Managing Director at Private Capital.